I'm going to show you 17 ways that you can write like a pro. Welcome back to my channel. I'm Autumn Bardot and I'm all about writing tips and author inspiration. If you've already subscribed, thank you so much. It really does mean a lot to me. I'm almost at that hundred. Yay! And if you're brand new, this is your first time, I would love if you would hit that subscribe and notify button. I post every week. I am really excited about this video because this is where I see writers needing the most help. A lot of times I found that if you tell new writers to revise, they don't quite know what that means. I mean, it's a vague word. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So in my first novel, when someone told me to revise, I was a little confused. They just said, make it better. Better didn't really help. You know, like with cooking, somebody says, make it better. How exactly better? More, more salt, more pepper, cut the vegetables smaller, add more broth. What exactly? One of the very best things that an author friend did with me is she sat me down with my manuscript. Now, I thought this manuscript was done. I mean, it was like revised, 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 final, 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 right? She sat me down, I'll, I'll never forget it. And she said, Autumn, I'm like, yes. She says, this sounds amateur. I was devastated, honestly. I'm a language arts teacher. I have a master's. I know I can write. Writing novels, whole different thing. So she sat down with me, read the first sentence to me, and then she made it better. And then she said, you try the next one. And I tried, wasn't that great. Then she took what I did and made it better. By the end of about the first page, it was starting to click in. And then she was showing me with my own draft why it was sounding amateur. What she did, I still work on. Like those are the things after my first draft because my first draft is always word vomit. Subsequent drafts are always about taking these 17 things and going through them and making sure that sentence is powerful. I'm going to show you 17 ways you can learn to write like a pro. Before we get started on those 17 things, I hear a lot of banter on Facebook about people saying, I sent it to an agent, I sent it to a friend, they said it was horrible, how can they tell? They only read a paragraph. A lot of agents will tell you they can see if you can write <laughs> in a paragraph. Well, they can. And it has nothing to do with your story. It is your writing. And they can tell by what it has or doesn't have in the very first paragraph. That's the truth. I'm gonna show you how to revise sentences and I've got examples and everything, but there's also other kinds of revision like pacing, characterization, conflict. That's a whole different other kind of thing that we'll go on to in another video. Okay, so let's get going. Number one, this you've heard over and over again, but I'm gonna show you a little spin on it. Change the passive voice to active voice. The stray ball was kicked by Autumn. Passive voice, that's a big novel no-no. Okay, that's an easy fix, right? 
Autumn kicked the ball. Well, there's a better way to do that. Autumn punted the ball into the neighbor's yard. Punted. Hmm. That just shows that I'm just kind of like randomly kicking it. I don't have any particular feelings about the neighbors or the ball. Or Autumn smashed the ball into the neighbor's garage with a vicious kick. Ooh, ooh. Sounds like that ball has been there for a while and Autumn's sick of that ball being in her yard and she has something against the neighbors or she's pissed off at them. I just added characterization. So I took it from not only the passive to the active, but I plugged in a little characterization as well. Number two, new writers love being, the verb being. Here's some examples. Lewis was being stupid. Yeah, you don't need that. I mean, we talk that way, we speak that way, but we don't need that in our novels. Easy fix, Lewis acted stupid, but you can do better. Lewis's rude remark was stupid. Okay, so now we just characterize Lewis. Not only is he rude, but his rude remarks are stupid. Third word, just. Get rid of it. We tend to say just all the time. It's just kind of one of those filler nothing words, but we don't need to write it. And it's good when you go back and you do subsequent drafts that you plug in that word search and look for just, and then, you know, jettison just. And sometimes I feel like a lot of times we use just in our dialogue and that too can sound really repetitive. Here's the thing about dialogue. Dialogue needs to sound real, but not be quite real. Because if you take people's actual dialogue, it can be pretty repetitive and long and boring and you don't want to do that in a story. Here's an example. Sarah just makes me so angry. Let's change it up to Sarah makes me angry. I took out the just and the so. That's still meh. How about this? Sarah's bossy attitude boils my blood. Okay, I just added characterization to both Sarah and to me because of how Sarah makes me feel. Number four, then. We see this all the time. And you know, a few thens, not a problem with a few thens. It's and then, and then, and then that becomes problematic. Let's look at some examples. Stephanie went to the car, then she opened the door. Uh, okay, let's fix it. Stephanie walked to the car and opened the door. Eh, still kind of boring. Stephanie stalked to the car, flung open the door. Ooh, I added some characterization. I just indicated what kind of emotion she had. Stephanie traipsed to the car, heaved open the door. Oh, sounds like Steffi's kind of tired. Characterization. But maybe Steffi going to the door isn't really important, in which case I can just clean out that whole sentence and write, Stephanie waved goodbye from behind the car door. Bye-bye, Steffi. Number five, that. That. Easy fix. Do a word search and then read the sentence out loud without the that. Does it still work? Great, take it out. Six. So, so is my nemesis. I just, I think I say so a lot. <laughs> when I'm writing, it's so, so, so. And once again, I do a word search with so. I do my best to get rid of each one. Sometimes it's really simple. Sometimes it's just removing the so. Other times I realize so is a stand-in for very, but I don't want to use very either. Sometimes I have to tweak the whole darn sentence. Here's an example. 
My boss is so arrogant. Let's try it again. My boss is arrogant. Eh, eh. Let's try it again. My boss is more arrogant than a basketball superstar. Okay. Or my arrogant boss belittles me all the time. Or my boss's arrogance annoys me. All different ways that I could choose to get rid of so. Seven, the have had. That's the perfect tense. I see this with writers a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Get rid of it. He had eaten his sandwich. Let's change it to he ate his sandwich. I go through this on word search as well. I type in the haves and the hads. Once again, sometimes we're writing and when we read it, we don't actually see it anymore. That's why the word searches are really good. But I think we can even do better with that sentence. Sandwich eaten, comma, he, and then plug in an action. Bam, got rid of it. Number eight, mix up the sentence length. Too many long sentences in a row are just tough to get through. And too many short words sound very staccato and simplistic and awkward. Keep the prose moving along and intersperse the short with the long and the medium. And these are things that you work on on subsequent drafts to give it that kind of lyrical moving kind of quality. Number nine is sentence form. Are all your sentences starting with the noun or verb? or whatever, are they all the same structure sentence? You need to get rid of that as well and mix it up. And I gave you some examples of that earlier. Number 10, find the best word, not the most complicated word. Now is not the time to wow them with your amazing vocabulary. Find words that are visceral, words that evoke imagery, feeling, seeing, touching, smelling, hearing, sensing. I think I repeat it myself. Those words are the best and the most effective and kind of the most fun to write. Here's an example. The problem was complicated. Okay, that's the complicated word. That's okay, there's nothing wrong with that sentence, but you can make it better. The problem was thorny. The problem was naughty. The problem was maze-like. The problem was as putrid as a dumpster. A lot better than complicated. 11, you need more there there in your sentence. Check out the previous examples. It's using sentences to convey more, to convey that character, the emotion, the conflict, to foreshadow, to add suspense. 12, pay attention to tone and mood. Tone usually refers to your entire text, your entire manuscript. It's more of your tone when you're writing it. Serious, overly dramatic, funny, charming, romantic. There can be different moods in scenes. For example, Goddess's Ink is a dramedy. So one of the things that I did during third and fourth drafts is to put more sass more fun into those individual lines. It's a dramedy, it's got comedy, it's got dramedy. I needed to punch up those lines and make you want to laugh at whatever was happening, even if it was drama. I need to make it snappier. I needed to make sure that the prose was reflective of the tone. 13, using too many words to say too little. I see this once again, 
all the time with new writers. And I actually pulled an example from, I don't remember where, Facebook maybe? And it was a person's question. So it wasn't actually their prose, but it was a question. But I'm going to read it. You can see how many issues you find with it and then how I shortened it. Here it is. I'm in the process of writing a sci-fi novel and I've gotten to a point where I have a really particular question about NASA technology that Google just has not helped with. Have any of you reached out to specialists, professors while doing research? How do you come across as legit if you've never been published? I'm just some dude writing a story that may optimistically or may not see the light of day. How do I come across as professional when reaching out to experts? Wow. Okay. That was a lot of words and here's how I shortened it. I'm writing a sci-fi and have a question about NASA technology. Google is not helpful. Should I reach out to professors? Any suggestions? Whole lot less words. You saw what they had. They had the really, they had the I've gotten. That's all I have gotten. Just I'm at a point would have been fine. Sci-fi novel. I'm just writing science fiction. I'm looking at this newbie writer and I'm thinking you're going to have a lot of rewrites ahead of you. A lot of times my editor for my traditionally published work will like highlight a particular half a page sometimes and she'll just say, Titan, which means I need to take that half a page and shrink it way down. Sometimes she'll even tell me, can we make this half as long, a fourth long? Can we make this two sentences? However, she read it, either it, you know, didn't hold her interest, as interesting as I thought that paragraph was, right? Or she felt it just wasn't doing anything for the story itself. And so she calls it tighten. And that's what a lot of new writers need to learn to do is to tighten that sentence, tighten that paragraph. 14, hook where you can. Add in a hook. A lot of amazing authors will tell you this as well. It was one of my big time newbie blunders. So since I knew what was coming, I kind of ruined it for the reader and didn't add that layer, that level of suspense that I could have. You want to make the reader read the next sentence and they want to read the next sentence because they've got questions. They have lots of questions and they need to figure out, wait, what? So here's an example. When I was a newbie, I would have written something like this. I balled my fist when Jason, the guy who stole my dream job, walked into the room. Um, boring. Try this. When Jason walked into the room, I balled my fists. The reader's going to think, why? Tease out the next few lines. How dare he? My fists clenched even tighter. What's wrong? Asked Beth. That guy stole my dream job. That sentence is actually a lot longer, but it teases it out. So you're adding that suspense. 15 is semantic repetition. He stood up. She sat down. Up is repetitive and so was down in this case. Just right, he sat. He stood. Or make it better. She plopped into the chair. She sunk into the sofa. She perched on the chair, gives you different feels, adds characterization, gives you some clues about what they might be feeling. Or you could write something like this. She sat down deep 
into the cocoon-like sofa. That gives you another kind of feeling as well. 16. I saw, I heard, I thought. Get rid of those. Whether it's first or third person, you don't need to write that in. He looked up and saw a cloud. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Rather write something like this. The cloud overhead was as dark as his mood. Let's try another one. I heard water dripping from the faucet. Yeah, hmm. let's make it better. The dripping faucet was intrusive to my thoughts. Uh, uh, still kind of overwritten. Let's try it again. The water drip, drip, dripped. Broke my concentration. Oh, I like that. It's spunkier. It moves and the reader can hear it drip, drip, drip. Let's try some more. I saw a bird fly nearby. A bird flew overhead. Change it to a bird flew overhead. You don't need the I saw. Let's make it even better though. What kind of bird? A hawk soared high overhead. Ooh, that could have some symbolic meaning. Or a hawk soared into the sun. Kind of adds a different flavor. A hawk circled around me. Ooh, sounds like he's a bit of a victim. Let's try it again. Let's not make it a hawk. Let's just make it a sparrow. A sparrow flittered through the brushes. A blue jay swooped behind the mountain. These are all ways that you can actually have the reader see things and provide characterization, give clues about conflict or foreshadowing. 17 is a versus the, or a versus the. A could refer to anything. A cell phone or the cell phone. I usually check my a's, my a's and my the's with subsequent drafts. Let's read it. Let's read the difference. Her fingers gripped the water glass or her fingers gripped a water glass. The the works better here. A bird, there are a lot of birds today. A bird flew overhead. Okay, we kind of did that one. Better still, you could say a hawk flew overhead or is it the hawk? A hawk that's been tracking him the whole time. Hmm, that's it. 17 tips to help you write like a pro. It's hard work. For me, I think that is the fun of it. I think I have the most fun with my second and third drafts just because I get to play and manipulate my sentences to really create that mood and tone that I'm going for, to find ways to put in more characterization, to immerse the reader in the experience of exactly where I am, what's happening, and what's going on in the characters' lives. I hope you learned a few things. Thanks for sticking around. And remember, writers, to dream, create, and embrace. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.